Hi, I'm Ashley, and you are listening and watching Confidence in Coffee. What if I was to tell you that you can find confidence despite any of your circumstances, good or bad? I'm going to help you navigate the waters of womanhood, whatever season that is in, whether it's marriage, singleness, or you're drowning in children. I'm going to help you find confidence and hope through Christ. I'm going to leave you with plenty of encouragement and practical tips to overcome those limiting beliefs so you can live a life well. Plus, (laughs) you know we're going to find a few laughs along the way. So grab your favorite cup of coffee and join me as we chat confidence and coffee. Hi, welcome back to Confidence and Coffee. Oh my gosh, are you loving these episodes this year? I am loving this season. I'm loving how God is just stirring some things up within me and most likely with you. And I'm sure we can think of other people that could use some stirring up, right? So let's share the podcast with them. And maybe you don't know somebody, but you really genuinely love this podcast and it's fed into you and it's inspired you, then I want you to leave a rating, a review. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe right now. Hit the subscribe button, subscribe (laughs) and share it with a friend. So glad you're here. I want you to put your big girl pants on. Okay. We are going to talk about something a little bit heavy, but also I'm really passionate about Uh, And it is about should Christians deconstruct their faith? What is deconstruction? You've probably heard that term before, but you have no idea what it means. And we're going to talk about it. So I hear about deconstruction from Christians a lot overall on social media. And that's where a lot of my community is. And I hear it in Christian spaces, especially lately. It's heartbreaking to open up on social media and be met with the news of a former Christian leader walking away from their faith. It's actually so common, more than we think. So many Christians are leaving their faith. Many have questions and wrestled with doubts they cannot seem to shake. Deconstruction is often offered as the antidote to faith struggles, but is it a good idea? Is there danger in deconstruction? And if not deconstruction, what should doubting Christians do as we wrestle with these unanswered questions? And I I come talking about this sympathetic, empathetic. I come from a place of trying to truly understand the person that does this rather than you just didn't know Jesus, right? Let's open up our hearts today to understand so we can genuinely be the body of Christ and be there for people who have these doubts. Okay. Now, what is deconstruction? Deconstruction did not start with faith communities. In fact, deconstruction is a part of the postmodernist movement, like woke movement, you know? Um, It had a lot of influence on how people viewed art in uh, like text and stuff. Deconstruction and postmodernism, if you know anything about postmodernism, and this is what I found, then you know that it is characterized by a general skepticism towards life and the opposition to the idea that truth can be known. Following postmodernism, the purpose of deconstruction was to sc- discover the true meaning of liter- liter- 
literary text by breaking it apart and exposing its apparent contradictions. And this is a quote from J. Hillis Miller. An American deconstructionist argued that that rather than being a, a dismantling of a text structure, deconstruction is just a demonstration that a text has already dismantled itself. You probably need to rewind and write that down because that is a mouthful. And I had to chew on that a little bit because it's a lot of understanding. We're going to continue to break that down. Since deconstruction greatly affected literature, naturally it flowed into how some scholars and thinkers viewed the Bible. Rather than believing its claims, these scholars approached the Bible with the objective of pulling it apart and proving why it was not true. Deconstruction in um, hermeneutics, everyone who reads the Bible comes to it with pre-understanding, pre-assumptions about it, thinking that they know God, they know what the Bible says, the do's and the don'ts of what God says. This means that we are not a blank slate when we are open up to scripture. Okay, let's break that down. So people who are struggling with this, they've already went to the Bible and they're not necessarily open to scripture. They th- they already have a pre uh like a pre assumption to what the scripture is. And some of us read scripture with a harmonic of faith and trust while others read scripture with a her, um harmonic of skeptic skepticism and distrust. As with art, I'm a better writer than a talker, okay? As with art and other forms of literature, many have attempted to deconstruct the Bible for various purposes. Finally, I want to address faith deconstruction since this is the topic we are going to be looking at for the rest of this conversation, okay? According to Melanie Mudge from the Sophia Society, faith deconstruction is the taking apart of an idea practice, tradition, belief, and system into smaller components in order to examine their foundation, truthfulness, usefulness, and impact. Okay. And she goes on to compare faith, deconstruction, and the renovation of an old house. In her words, the house needs updating because it's old, worth saving, and after the renovations, the final project will be better than the original. And John Williamson notes that deconstruction is examining your faith from the inside, looking for potential weaknesses and taking ownership of what you believe and potentially letting go of some of the things that no longer work. And then finally, I'm sorry, you guys, I wrote down all these quotes because these are really uh, genuine, amazing, smart people. Mark Hatt sums up faith deconstruction in this way, because that's what we're talking about. You know the origin of deconstruction and where that came from, but this is a faith deconstruction. Okay, so Mark Hackett says that faith deconstruction is the the systematic pulling apart of one's belief system for examination. It can mean questioning the supposed um, irrescency of the Bible, the culture and traditions of their church, the practical application or misapplication of the gospel, and much more. Overall, okay, deconstructions are disappointed with their Christian faith and are seeking a new way to love God. 
That's where new age came from. That's where you'll see a lot of these practices or different things come out. Um, and ultimately, they just want to be connected to a faith practice apart from traditional Christianity uh, because they don't like it or they don't believe in it, whatever it may be. It may not fit their lifestyle. Now, why do some people with this belief and with this assumption, these these questions and this doubt, this definition of it, why do some people deconstruct their faith? Those who deconstruct end up in the process for different reasons. But for many, they were confronted with personal hardships or loss, difficult questions about the Bible and God and Christianity, spiritual abuse, church trauma, uh, disillusionment, goodness, I can't talk, with Christians' response to injustices of the world. Somebody hurt them within the church. Uh, Maybe they grew up Christian and it was a toxic environment, whatever the the situation may be. Um, I was at... I was listening to a lecture online from Dr. Gary, and he spoke about the evidence of the resurrection of Christ. He noted that we have countless pieces of evidence that present a solid case for the resurrection. Uh, You've seen it on, I'm sure you've seen documentaries, you've seen it on the History Channel, um, where they have like the cloth and stuff, and um, that reasons that there are so many skeptics about his resurrection is not because the evidence isn't strong. It's but because they have an emotional barrier keeping them from their faith. They have to understand and control everything. And if you don't understand something, that scares people. That scares people when there's no understanding. It's not just because they want to sin. It's It's for deeper reasons than that, that only God can get to. And and the way he could use us that for that is to truly understand what this is. So many people find themselves deconstructing as well and eventually uh, abandoning their faith. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I know people that have done this and it's for emotional reasons. Rather than being met with grace and love by the church, ignored and told to simply believe, told to, maybe you've dealt with this. Maybe you've been a victim of church abuse, church hurt, church manipulation, where somebody just told you they didn't have enough faith or that you were doing all of this wrong and that's why this is happening to you. Or maybe you struggled with mental illness and somebody said it was a demon and you never got the help that you needed because you were too afraid to tell anyone else. People are walking away from their faith because of the church. It's for emotional reasons. Statistically, that's why a lot of people walk away. Now, there are difficult passages in the Bibles, and these difficult passages or difficult questions are very much related to one's personal experiences. For example, a Christian struggling with the loss of a loved one may be um, looking for answers surrounding death. Okay, or another Christian who is in the same sex, attracted to the same sex, um, gay, may wonder why the Bible speaks against homosexual relationships. 
Finally, a Christian who has experienced spiritual abuse may be disappointed by these leaders and that still have a place in ministry after doing so much harm to their congregation. And there's a lot of false teachers out there who still have huge platforms and that infuriates the victim of that leader. And so instead of genuinely diving deep into God about it, their mission is to just stay away from it. And going to, even going into a church, and I dealt with church um, hurt really bad. I dealt with the have more faith, name it, claim it. I dealt with it. It was exhausting. And I didn't go to church for four years. And not because I didn't love God. I loved God. I leaned on God. I was just so exhausted from how I, it made me feel. It made me not want to live. I felt like I was never going to be good enough for God. I was just meant to go to hell. That's genuinely what I thought. And I was in church. I was active in church, me and my husband. And there was so much abuse there and so much manipulation about sacrifice and sacrificing your family to serve the church that it created. It, it almost cost me my marriage. It almost cost me my life. And so when I finally decided to go back into a church setting, I was triggered immediately. It, and I'll never forget how it felt because I had associated every other service in a church with that service. And I was deeply, deeply wounded. I had to go to therapy for it for years to get past it. Cause I was so hurt. Like I literally, uh, you know, was abandoned and I didn't have any family and this church became my family. And that meant everything to me, everything to me. And because it did, I did whatever they wanted me to do because they played the daddy mommy card, whatever they wanted me to do, because they, I wanted that so badly. I wanted it so much more than God almost. And it really messed with me. So when I started to question that belief, that uh, that that religion, and I started to genuinely just come out with like, I'm done. Like I either walk away from God fully or I've got to figure this out. And when I came to them about my concerns, they dropped me. I never heard a word from them. Even to this day, if I text them happy birthday, because I care about them, I genuinely care. They made such an impact in my life. That impact doesn't go away because of their human, you know, their human flaws. Those, those impacts don't go away. Think about David, you know, David was amazing. He was wise. He was, he was an amazing King, but he was sleeping with a bunch of women, right? But he has so much impact. I mean, we read his impact to this day. and so. They made an impact in my life, but if I text them happy birthday, they don't text me back. That wounded me to know that I had somebody that was like my mom and dad. That's how I saw them. And then I became nothing to them. That was really hard for me to heal from. And maybe that's you today. And maybe as I as I pull up these emotions. And as I bring these things up, maybe you relate so much that you're like, yes, but you've come to a place now. And like I said, you question your faith, but you're afraid to. You're genuinely afraid to question your faith. Is it wrong to question my faith, Ashley? Listen, there are so many passages in the Bible and scripture about people who wrestled with God's plan. Job wondered, if he, why he faced so much suffering. 
And Habakkuk was uh, deeply concerned over the state of his people and their sin and violence towards God and each other. Even John the Baptist had moments of doubt. He doubted Jesus. He literally came out and he wrote a letter and he said, yeah, so um, are you the Messiah I've been waiting for? Like, I, I need to know, man. Yeah, everybody questions with doubt. So what is our answer to that? In my own life, I've personally learned how to reject long-held beliefs about God. Now, I've shared a little bit of my story, but in my own life, I've personally learned how to reject long-held beliefs about God and faith that were not necessarily true. And that took a while. Like I said, it took, it took therapy. But I looked towards rather than away from scripture for the answers to my questions, for my comfort, for my healing, for my doubts. I looked in scripture. I sat with God in his presence. The people that didn't hurt me, I sat with them and I spoke to them, my husband. And he led me to the truth. He will lead you to the truth. It doesn't mean that I have all the answers, that um, I know the solution. I don't. And understand this is a process. This is a daily process. However, I am confident in what the Bible says about God. He's good. He's gracious. He's faithful. He's kind. He has kept all his promises to me. He has never let me down, as well as just, and he is holy. God is not like me. He's not like you. And there are some things about him that I'll never understand. And then there's times where I will. But most of the time, it's a mystery. And that's where faith comes in. That's where you have to believe. You have to believe. Some things you're just not going to understand. It is not wrong to question your faith. But we are we need to bring our questions, our doubts to God. First, ultimately. And using a harmonic faith or we are looking within or to society for the answers to our questions is not the answer. So are you doing that? Are you looking to society for your the answers to your questions? Or are you looking to God? Are you looking towards the scriptures? Are you praying? Are you asking the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you? This is the subtitle importance and the difference between simply having questions about our faith and walking down a path of deconstruction. What is the difference between deconstruction and simply investigating our faith? The difference between deconstruction and simply asking questions about our faith has to do with attitude, okay? It has to do with attitude. Purpose and intent at the end of the day, deconstruction does not genuinely provide answers. At the end of the day, deconstruction does not genuinely provide answers. If you tear something apart enough, hear me out, you no longer have the capability to see it for what it is. Pulling apart scripture 
theology, biblical concepts, does not lead to truth. Instead, it leads to more distrust, fear, and confusion. And God is not a God of confusion. Can deconstruction be a good thing? Okay. Can deconstruction be a good thing? Listen, and we're talking about faith deconstruction. For some people, deconstruction means something different. Okay. So deconstruction has led to a stronger and more genuine Orthodox faith. Alyssa Childress is a perfect example of this. Okay. She has a blog for Christians who doubt and are wrestling with questions about faith, even though some people deconstructed and ended up back to Orthodox faith. This doesn't happen for everyone. As I mentioned before, this isn't the purpose of deconstruction. Ultimately, many deconstructors end up walking away from their faith completely, or they end up rejecting the primary doctrines and principles of Christianity. Rather than coming to true faith as hoped, they end up with their own version of Christianity, a mere shell of the real thing. That's where all these other false doctrines come from, new age, prosperity gospel. They create a theology or a God that is not the scriptural God. Now, here's the bottom line. Should Christians deconstruct their faith? No, I don't think Christians should deconstruct their faith. Christianity was never meant to be pulled apart. It was meant to be built upon. When you deconstruct, you may end up losing everything and find yourself with nothing to stand on. Rather than pulling apart your faith for answers, look to build upon a foundation. Look within your own relationship, not the influence of the world or society, but your own relationship with Christ. Look into that. Look at the layers of that. Okay. It provides good reason. Christianity is indeed a rational faith. And it it leads us ultimately to following Christ. That's what Christianity is. It's following Jesus Christ. It's believing what he did, his ministries, what he did on the cross, that he resurrected from the grave, and that through faith, if we admit and repent of our sins and believe that he came to save us from those sins and accept him into our lives, then we are saved. That is Christianity. And then we live ultimately for him. And the Bible is a guide. It's a blueprint of what our newfound relationship and life, because we're ultimately reborn spiritually, what that looks like. So here's a few things that I suggest instead of deconstruction, now that you know what it means. Ask questions. Be willing to ask and wrestle with the hard questions about Christianity. God is not mad or disappointed in you when we come with our doubts. He is not going to strike you down. He wants you to come to him about it. He wants to comfort you. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest about your doubts and the places where you struggle. If the people that you are being honest with are just gaslighting you, stop talking to them. Ask God to lead you somewhere else where you feel safe 
discern that? Do I feel safe with these people? Um, do I feel like they're listening to me? Do I feel like this is feeding into my questions? Ask yourself those questions because just because you doubt or have questions doesn't mean that you're not a Christian or that your relationship with God is not genuine. And find safe community. Find a safe community and ask your questions. Perhaps it might perhaps it might be a good idea to talk to believers who have also wrestled with their faith. Now, com- now you're probably thinking, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I am too. And I have a toddler and I don't like to go places because it's just a hassle. And I love to be home. I, I'm okay with being by myself. And it's probably because I love doing this and I love working and I love routine. And it's for numerous reasons. But let's say you're in the same situation. Your community doesn't have to look like in person. No, that is very uh, beneficial to you and your spirit. That's church and fellowship, small groups. You should do that at some point. But there is an online community of Christians who are phenomenal. I've met some of my closest friends online and I go to them when I have questions, when I have doubts, when I'm struggling, I go to them and it's just online. And and I would and, and I would encourage you to do that. Find somebody that inspires you. Find somebody that you feel safe with, and and talk to them. I'm telling you, Christian creators want to talk to you. Okay. Now, if you know someone who is wrestling with their faith, then I want you to pray for them. I want you to be the Jesus that they need to see. I want you to be gentle and kind when you approach them. I want you to be prepared to answer their questions. You need to focus on your relationship with God so when they do come to you, if they come to you, you have a way to guide them back to Christ and His Word. You help them understand. You give them resources. This is a heavy conversation. And I think, and I, when I decided to do it, you know, I used to think, yes, deconstruct because I had church trauma. But now that I know the meaning of deconstruction, I don't believe that that is something that you should do. I think for Christians, there is, we can take all these doubts and all this hurt and all this pain, and we need to bring it to the source. And we genuinely don't need to let any other influence within that as we figure that out with God. Because ultimately, it's him you're questioning, so let him answer you. Have you ever been in conflict with somebody and you ever hear like, hey, if you have a problem with me, can you come to me about it, not someone else? If you have a problem with God, go to him about it. Let him prove himself to you, to his love for you. Give him a chance. I hope this was encouraging. I love you guys so much. If you found value in this conversation, would you leave a review? I would love to hear from you or share it on social media. Take a picture or screenshot wherever you're listening and share it. Tag me in it so I can celebrate you, so I can connect with you, so I can hear how this brought value in your life, how God is working in your life. I love you and I will see you next Tuesday on Confidence and Coffee. Also, don't forget to look in the show notes because I left you some goodies.